0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Ernie Fuentes, and you're listening to the Cool Ernie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Just, um, you know, before I start the actual podcast, I wanted to bring something to everyone's attention that I noticed the other day. I actually looked at the uh, analytics of this podcast, uh, all the numbers, who's listening, who's not, and we're actually up to 465 downloads, if I remember well. Now, guys, to some people, 465 downloads, that'd be like, oh my God, like big deal, Ernie. I mean, 465 downloads, <laughs> you know, probably some, some people's Instagram probably gets that in a minute, you know, but for me in this podcast, it was, when I saw that, it's, it's a gigantic thing. It, it, re- it really, really is because let me all, uh, let me let you in all on a secret. Um, I don't know. 465 people that download this podcast okay so that means that there's a bunch of you that are repeat offenders uh listening to this podcast and and you know what god bless all he is and thank you very very much much for doing that please because um it, it really means a lot to me it, it really really does it, um i started this podcast with the idea of me just having fun with it and uh putting some thoughts out there uh, things that have happened in my life, things that are happening in, you know, in our lives and in the world and, uh, kind of just to get people thinking, uh, in one way or another. And, and I think it's done that because I've had people approach me, you know, about the podcast and what they thought about it and, and Hey, that they, they started thinking things on a little bit different scale. So, you know, something, it's all good. And again, I just want to say a really big thank you to all of you guys uh, I I'm surprised that I have, I have listeners in, in, in Italy. I got listeners in Russia. I got two listeners in, in, in Israel, which I think I know who they are and it, it's just fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. All of you. Now let's get to the meat of the podcast. The, the actual, what, what I'm sure you, when you saw the Instagram page or you heard it from somebody, uh, that's what you're here for. And the long awaited, super exciting podcast about guns. That's right, guns, everybody. Bang, bang, shoot them up. Guns, guns, guns. Uh, everybody's been asking me for a podcast on guns uh, and what I think about guns, because guns is, is super controversial. You know, you talk, you can talk to people about politics and religion and food and, and everything, but you mentioned guns, and I'll tell you what your people are going to wake up because there's there's a there's tragedy with guns There's, there's a lot of people that uh that believe in the second amendment like myself that are very, you know, uh, fervent about, you know, their right to bear arms. Uh uh you got two sides of the political arena, Democrats and Republicans, which totally believe different things regarding firearms. So it it, it just makes for a crazy discussion. So First of all, let's let's clear the air right off the bat. As many of you know, uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, or for those of you that know me personally, I am a gun owner. I own several weapons. Um, I am a big gun advocate. I am part of the Boy Scouts. I actually repair... um, like uh, uh bb guns and air rifles for the boy scouts when they're broken i work on firearms occasionally for my friends and for my family i've um, a big advocate of, of air rifles and pellet guns i i even have an olympic uh style pellet gun uh which is a 10 meter uh pellet pistol so when i shoot target outside in my backyard so as, as you can tell you know i I just love shooting. I've always loved shooting. Okay. Uh, And this love started about when I was like 10 years old. So um, when I was about 10 years old, I saw this movie, which I'm seeing all of you have seen it. I, I, you know, I don't remember the actual name of it, but they do, they do it every, every uh, Christmas It's the one where the kid shoots his eye out. Um, well, of course, you know, every boy wants a Red Ryder BB gun, right? Like what, what, you know, young American boy, you know, doesn't want a Red Ryder BB gun. I mean, well, Hey, let's not even say American. And what, what young boy in this world doesn't want a, a Red Ryder, Daisy Red Ryder BB gun so he can shoot cans in the backyard. Right. Well, the unfortunate thing for me was that I was born in Newark, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey, being in the 1960s, probably one of the worst cities to live in in the United States. And then on top of that, okay, I lived in the North Ward, which wasn't the greatest place to live in Newark as it was because, you know, Newark had different places to live in that, you know, that had more crime or less crime. North Ward wasn't, um, you know, known for being the greatest place to live. And then at that time... During the 1960s, especially 1968, I was 10 years old. um, Again, a lot of tension uh, and New Jersey, um, Newark in particular, I don't know about the rest of New Jersey at that time, maybe South Jersey, maybe different counties had different firearm laws, but at least in the city of Newark, for you to get anything that shot anything, okay, it was considered a firearm. And for you to get anything of that nature, a farm, you had to go through this rigorous application protocol. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I mean, you had to put it in application, then you had to, they told you that you would get a phone call for your uh, actual interview, and then you would go down to the police station and they'd interview you. I mean, it, it was... For what? For a lousy BB gun? I mean, really? I mean, at that time, BB guns were considered firearms in, in Newark, New Jersey. So, so what does a 10-year-old do in Newark, New Jersey, one of the worst cities in the nation, what does a 10-year-old do when he wants a BB gun, a Red rider, a Daisy Red rider? Well, that's obvious. You go to your local neighborhood fence. Now, for those of you who don't know what a fence is, okay, that may have been born in a nicer area of the United States, a fence is someone who sells illegal or stolen merchandise. Every neighborhood, if you live in in an urban area, like really urban, okay, everybody knows a fence. Like they know, they, they may not use their services, but you know who the fence is in your city. So, because that's the person who can get you anything that you want. Okay. And I'm talking anything. Our local fence. I mean, for God's sake, he, he was the Walmart of, of Newark, New Jersey. I mean, this guy, you could order stuff. And he was like Sears Roebuck. Literally. You could just say, Hey, listen, I need this. And, and, depending on what it was, he may have it in stock or he would just say, give me five days. So literally you could say, Hey, I want a Schwinn, uh, bike, 26 inch red. And he would say, well, give me about a week. And sure enough, a week later, he would knock on your door and he would say, I got your bike. So I, me and a buddy of mine, uh, went to this fence and I had my little 20 bucks in my pocket you know that i saved in my piggy bank and i got some money a few bucks from my dad and um and what do i do i told him i go i want to buy a bb gun now right away he went back in his house and i guess bb guns were in demand because he had a few of them and sure enough there it is i bought myself a daisy red rider uh bb gun and I brought it home. Now, what's crazy about this is that here, I'm 10 years old. Now, I could have easily have bought any other type of firearm from him at that time. Um, But again, I chose to buy a a BB gun. I went home. Um, I showed it to my dad. My dad obviously was pissed, not because I bought the BB gun, but because he says, you know, son, you went into into a place where illegal transactions are going on, and you shouldn't do that anymore. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You know, stuff can go on in those type of places, and 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 he was right. He, he's a hundred percent right. I mean, I would never advocate that anybody to do that in this day and age, or or any anywhere really, to be honest with you, for a ten year old child to go into a place of illicit business. But it, it, that's what I did, and. Um, what this taught me at an early age was that gun laws don't work. They don't. Uh, that's that's a fact. It's as simple as that. It, every every criminal knows this. Okay, every person that uh, that that needs to rob a bank or do something illegal knows this. They can get a firearm. You can. You can uh, make the laws as tough as you want, okay? They weren't any tougher in Newark, New Jersey, okay? They were they were in just incredibly ridiculously uh, tough, and yet people got firearms uh, because they were bringing them from other states or they brought them from outside of the country, or somehow these firearms got into New Jersey and they were being distributed. So um you know, I learned right away that that it, this is it doesn't work, okay? It it does just doesn't work. It, it it only firearm laws really only um only hurt legitimate people that wanna own a firearm for their own protection. Um such as a business owner or a truck driver that may be going into areas where they, he or she may feel um, a little bit at danger. Those are the people that are being hurt because, because like I said, you know, you know, wake up people, you know, a bank robber doesn't go into a gun store and buy a weapon to hurt people. Okay. Now, have there been now, I, I, cause I know what's coming. I, I, I'm already feeling, I'm, I'm thinking about this people are going to say, well, Ernie, there has been people that have bought firearms in a firearm store and then gone out and killed 12 people. Well, those people are mentally ill people. And that's a, that's a whole nother, that's a, that's a different part of this, this podcast. And I'll get to that. Believe me, uh, mentally ill people shouldn't be handling anything, not even a bread knife. Okay. That's, that's the bottom line. So, um, but we get that a little bit, later in this podcast, because I'm going to touch on that. But what I'm saying right now is that legitimate law-abiding citizens that go to work every day, that don't happen to be mentally ill and don't want to massacre, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people, it, it, those people do not go into a gun store and say, hey, you know, my name's Joe and um, I want to buy a gun, you know, and and massacre 50 people. They just don't do that okay criminals buy guns on the street that's what they do they've always done that it, it, it it's it, this is not a new phenomenon it's been going on since the 20s and 30s and as 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 early as guns were were in this country brought into this country or, or you know created here you know they, that they started using them the old wild west you know criminals got guns the same way on the street from someone else that they didn't have to go through legitimate means Okay, so, so why all this talk about guns now? Like You're probably hearing this on the internet. You're probably seeing like, oh, you know, the gun laws, you know, probably mentioned on CNN and stuff like that. Well, because as I've said for many times on this podcast, you know, um, we came into a Democratic president and Democrats um, have this thing where they feel that making gun laws harder are, is going to to you know decrease deaths well i mean some guy on some guy on tiktok i i should have i should have what i should have done is got his numbers because i did check his numbers he said that he said something to the to the effect that that there were more there were more deaths caused by knives in this country last year than gun than gun related deaths okay Uh, And, and he broke it down into some other subcategories. Like, so his, and his, and his point was that why are not we banning these other weapons? You know, why aren't we banning, um, you know, knives? Like, why aren't we banning, you know, they kill people with knives. I mean, people kill uh, baseball bats. Hell, that was a real popular thing in New Jersey. Keep a baseball bat. I still have a baseball bat near my door. So, so, the, so the thing is, why don't we ban baseball bat? You could hit somebody in the head with a baseball bat. I'm sure if I go into the internet and I didn't put down, people died from baseball bats. Who knows how many? Is, how many last year got killed by a baseball bat? But we don't see we we don't see laws being passed for baseball bats. Well, and I can answer that. It, it, it's it's because gun deaths are violent. Um, gun deaths. I shouldn't say that they're, they're all violent. Any death is a violent is a violent death, but you know, other than natural causes and stuff like that. But, I mean, when you we use a weapon, it's violent. And and the thing is that for some reason or another, because of what we see on TV, we um, we view the use of a firearm as just, you know, uh, just a, a horrible way, something that's horrible. And and, and, it, and and we see it on TV all the time. And it seems like every show... That we see on TV, ninety five percent, ninety nine percent. Unless you're watching Sesame Street, seems to have somebody being shot by some pistol or, you know, AK forty seven or AR. So, so it, it's almost like society, at least in here in in, in the United States, we're just, it, 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 guns have just just blown up, and. Uh, and people view them as like these evil things like oh my god look you know all these people get killed with with guns and 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 that's not really true there there isn't a lot of gun deaths the percentage is is very very low um regarding gun deaths and shooting and what's funny is that what i don't see is you know they always bring out you know these particular gun deaths and, and stuff, and they don't they don't come out with how many people are protect themselves because of weapons okay um like people that have protected their business or 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 you know people that were uh, about to be mugged and they pulled a weapon out of their 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 pocketbook or or backpack you know and, and were able to protect themselves because they were armed um, and I, I, I want to make something very, very clear. It's not that I am insensitive to, to people that have died due to gun violence. Okay. By no means, please don't, don't take it as that. I, it is, it, it saddens me to tell everyone on this podcast that I had a, a very dear friend lose her son during the massacre in, Orlando. Okay. Uh, and this was somebody very close to me, like somebody that we used to visit all the time and, and have, you know, their kids played with my kids. Okay. So, so, and, and, and I, and I still grieve for, for that parent. I really, really do. I still grieve for her. I have I actually have the young man's picture on my refrigerator. And and it hurts me because it was somebody that was very very close to my family. And it was that wrong? Yeah, 100% it was wrong. It, it, you know, but at the end of the day, that person was insane or we'll we'll never know his ideological uh, beliefs. Who knows? But he created he did this horrible massacre and killed innocent people for no reason for essentially no reason. And, and, it, you know, but at, was that the fault of the weapon, you know, or was it the fault of the person? Um, you know, I saw for those, for those of you who are star Wars fans, uh, there's a part, um, in star Wars where, um, uh, um they oh my god wait i I just lost my track of it the 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 person in the movie kills a lot of a lot of the younglings in the jedi uh area and they and, and this one meme said you know did they blame anakin that's what it was anakin did they did they blame anakin did you know nobody blamed the lightsaber when anakin went in and killed all the younglings you know in the movie you know, well, of course you know they everybody knew that it was just you know in the movie he, he was just losing his mind but but nobody said oh yo oh, it's the lightsaber's fault you know it was a lightsaber let's ban lightsabers you know I mean and 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 it's very um it, that's a really great example i mean it so so what what's next you know if people start uh, a good like I said a few minutes ago uh, baseball bats if, if people started, Killing people with baseball bats, just 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 went crazy and and everybody just just started hitting people in the head with baseball bats. Is that what we'd be looking at next? So hey, let's ban baseball bats. You know, oh no, um, can't have a baseball bat. Oh, and we're gonna have to change baseball within the cities. We're gonna have to use like little sticks, like stick ball, like we used to play in Jersey. You know. No, no, you know, what you do is you find these people that do these crimes and you prosecute them. You put them where they deserve, they deserve to be in prison. Okay. For what they did. That's what, Hey, you broke the law. You use this, this thing, this weapon to harm other people. So you know what? It just you're going to prison. You know, that's, that's your new home and 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 maybe things will quiet down. Maybe things will get better, or maybe not. For those of you who don't know, Chicago has one of the toughest gun laws in the nation, but yet South Side, I mean, they just kill everybody on a daily basis. They're killing people over there hasn't and and and, and here and again, I, I go back to what I said earlier on in the podcast is, you know, are these people that are killing each other in Chicago, are they going to the local gun store and buying these guns? No, they're not. They're getting them illegally. So the, the other side of this coin is some people may come to me and they may say, well, Ernie, um, the solution here is we just need to ban gun ownership um or extremely limit gun ownership like hey you you want to shoot you can shoot an air rifle or an air pistol um there's countries that have that japan is one of them japan for you to get a firearm in japan good luck okay it's so hard The paperwork is ridiculous. The continuing uh, registration is ridiculous. Um, They have the right to come to your home and look at the firearms at any time. That's part of the deal. You know, you sign up, you, you know, they can show up at your house and say, hey, we have on record that you're a firearm owner. We reserve the right to inspect those firearms. And they can take them away from you for for whatever reason. Like, if they're not well kept, if they're not secured, if they're not clean, like if they're they're not taken care of, they can say, you're not a responsible gun owner. We reserve the right as the government to take these firearms away from you. So, and over there, shooting sports is basically um, come down to pellet pistols. They allow, uh, and even that's regulated, but they allow you pellet pistols and you see a lot of guys shoot with their high-end uh pellet rifles and pellet pistols and that, that's that's what shooting sports has been you know done over there. Um and I will say that Japan's death rate with guns has gone down. Okay? It has. It has gone down. Um the, the 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 yakuza seem to be the only ones that have guns. Of course, you know, because the yakuza is, is you know the, the the mobsters in in Japan. They're getting their guns not legally, of course, because you know, like I said earlier, you know, uh, criminals don't buy guns in stores. So they're they're the only ones that are handling guns. And even and even their uh, um, you know their gun death is going down. But but now they're just slicing and dicing everybody, just like you see in the movies. I, I mean, that's uh, I'm talking real real here. I'm not I'm not lying you know uh knife deaths have gone up skyrocketed in Japan uh because since there's, there's minimal guns there's no guns so what do people kill themselves with well they'll they'll just get a knife or you know or maybe a baseball bat and maybe we should introduce baseball bats to Japan so so it, it, but so we say well hey why don't we do the same thing here um why don't we why don't we try that experiment here in the United States? Well, the United States is a completely different animal. Um, Japanese people, for for the most part, are are um, uh, very methodical people, and uh, they're very respectful people, and, um, you know, they're not revolutionary by any means. Um, you know, the United States, for those who are unaware, aware, the United States is a revolutionary country. I mean, we're... We were born out of a revolution and um, the United States has always been the country that doesn't take shit. And, and uh, the founding fathers, when they drafted the constitution, they knew that someday, someday, there may be someone trying to take over this country that's an authoritarian um or someone trying to or a group of people trying to take over this country and they wanted they wanted to that they knew that an unarmed country okay was a country that couldn't defend itself so that's why they came out with the second amendment they wanted to know that Americans in general had some way to protect themselves. And just for those of you who, are, who don't know, um, every single country, notice how I say this, every single country that has been taken over by a authoritarian a group or authoritarian person whether it be communists, whether it be a dictator, whether the first thing they do is they take away the firearms from the country. Well, I shouldn't say the first thing they do. The first thing they do is they ask because they do it they do it in steps. You know, they they the first thing they do is they say, "Well, we need to register. Everyone needs to register their firearms." Okay. Well they register they're asking you to register a firearm because once you register it then they know you have one okay then you know about a few months later year later they come out and they say you know um the citizens of this country no longer need weapons we're we're here to protect you we're here to take care of you we the government of this country are here to take care of you we you don't need guns anymore only the army and the police force needs these guns. So then they come in and they take them all away from you or they'll do what, you know, uh, like what's becoming very popular lately in different cities, a gun buyback. They'll say, hey, for every gun you turn in for us, we'll give you a hundred bucks. So, of course, people will be like, oh, yeah, hey, man, I'll take that hundred bucks. And they don't realize that what they're doing is they're just giving away a form of protection. Now, if you have some piece of crap gun that you want to give them all right, and you make the hundred dollars. All right. Well, fine. Hey, that's a good thing. You're actually getting a dangerous piece of machinery out of your home. But other than that, you're handing over a weapon that may protect your family. So, and this is exactly what happens in all these countries. There's no variation to this. Notice how I said there's zero variation. The first thing they do is they look for some way to take away the firearms. From the country they're taking over. Fidel Castro did it. Hitler did it. Mussolini did it. Um, uh, Venezuela, uh, what's his name, Chavez did it. Um, they all do it. They all do it. Because at that point, they know that now you are, the people can be subjugated. You have no way to protect yourself. The people have no way to go out there and fight back. It was said a few years ago, no, more than a few years, it was probably about 10 years ago, they did this study and they used Cuba as an example. They said that if the Cuban population was armed, that they could have taken over the military because the military was not big enough to sustain a prolonged revolution with armed citizens. Venezuela right now, well, Venezuela is disarmed. So, and if you don't know what's going on in Venezuela right now, that's a sad story there. Uh, You're talking waiting on lines for five, seven hours to get food. Um, You know, the typical stuff you see on TV, you know, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, people disappear, Um, uh, you know, they come into your house and they black bag you, you know, and they take you away. Um you know, and no no recourse, no legal recourse to get your family member back um but they can 't do anything because of the fact that they 're unarmed you can't the 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 population can 't fight back because they don't have no firearms there 's no firearms there's no weapons so they're they're battling an army, a military you know that so now the only hope they have is that the, the military which is the only people who have arms, the military decides to go against uh, d- you know, the current leader there. And, and it's a mess. And it's a mess. So so the founding fathers knew right away that stuff like that could happen. And it has happened multiple times throughout my history, and it will continue to happen. Notice how I said that, it will continue to happen. So they knew that that could happen. So then they said, hey, listen, we want our popu- population to have the right to have that arm, the farm. So if they want to protect themselves, they have the right to do so, and they have the means to do so. And if if this country were to be taken over by um, a group of people that that maybe is not in the best interest of of them, then then they can fight back. Um, well, of course, with all the events that happened recently, the uh, you know the attack on Capitol Hill. Um, you know, different things, you know, now, you know, and of course, President Biden being elected, you know, now the talk about guns is, is coming back, you know, registration. Again, what did I say before? What's the first step? Registration. Oh, we want everybody to register their, their firearms. Um, you know, we're going to register. Don't be afraid. We're not going to take anything away from you. Don't be afraid. It's okay. You know, the government, you know, it's all good. We love you guys yeah right um registrations first step and then after registration comes then they know what you have so then at that point they'll come in with something else like well you know a good example one of my pistols has a a, a 14 round capacity so the one of the first things is going to be is like well you know where any why do you need a pistol with a 14 round capacity you know, you could be okay with six rounds, and, and, and to a certain degree, maybe yeah, maybe I could. But guess what? I don't want to. If I want a fourteen-round capacity pistol, that's my right. I should have it if I want it. If I, you know, I don't have to have it. I know people that hate guns and they don't have weapons in their home. Hey, that's their right. They don't have to have it. This is a free country. Um, but that's that's going to be the next step, and then after that, maybe something else. And, um, and, and, you know, it, 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 and the, the beef that a lot of anti-gun people have is like, well, Ernie, the last one that I heard, well, Ernie, you register your car. Why don't you have a, pro- why don't you have a problem with registering your firearm? Well, I register my car. And for people who don't know, registering your car, uh, came about as a way to make money. Okay. It wasn't the fact that the city or the state at that time when cars came out, um uh, when Ford came out with his car and everything that they wanted to know how many people had cars. They could care less who how many people had cars. At that time won't be the wealthy had cars. So uh what they did figure out is like, hey man, a lot of people are buying these new things called cars. You know, horse and buggies are going out and these people are buying these little four-wheel vehicles. I think we should charge them like a little registration fee so that they can have it. And then we'll make all this money on all these people. Well, they were right. And we still do. I mean, if you look at the income generated on a state level from registration fees, inspection fees, uh, things that like that, motor vehicle as we know it. Um, yeah, it worked out. It's a gigantic, multi-million dollar income producer. But this is not what they're trying to achieve with, with weapons. What they're trying to achieve with weapons is just to find out who has the weapons because at this point they estimate that, you know, the United States has, I don't know, some ungodly amount, 500,000 weapons in in, in, in it's some stupid amount, you know, in, in the United States of America and the reality is the federal government doesn't know who owns them in a lot of, a lot of, areas like Florida which has no registration on firearms um i mean i guess you could find out i mean although we don't have registration of firearms we um we do we do have purchase agreements and things like that when you buy a firearm but they really if i want to sell that firearm to my friend they really there's no law that says that i have to disclose that so my friend could have a firearm and they don't really know it so they want to know how many people have firearms. And then at that point, they can get an accurate count of how many people are armed in this country. Uh, and then then from there on, it goes into the, you know, what are we going to do with all these people that are armed? Um, the other thing that I explained to my wife, and by the way, I've mentioned this a few times on a podcast, my wife is a Democrat. I am a Republican conservative, uh, maybe less Republican and more conservative. And um She asked about this, and I told her that one of the other reasons that we need an armed country is that other countries that may want to attack this country know that the population is armed. So from their point of view, from, from a strategic point of view, and anyone that's in the military can you know, can also tell you about this, from a strategic point of view, if they're going to come in to attack us, all right, one of the things they, that, that they have to consider is, well, hey, we're going into this area, this country, this state, this city, and we're going to try to take over this city. How many of the regular citizens are armed? Like, if we go in there, do we just have to worry about the existing military and guards and police that are in that city or town or state or country? Or are just regular people armed? Because if regular people are armed, then you don't know what you got. Well, guess what? Other countries that may have thought about, you know, attacking this country, that's always a big question mark to them. They're like, well, you know, we can go in and attack the United States, but, um, hmm. Are, are we going to be, are we, do we just have to worry about the national guard? Do we just have to worry about the army? Do we just have to worry about the Marines or do we have to worry about mom and pop? And, um, and a bunch of citizens whipping out their rifles and pistols and, and shooting all our people on the street. And we haven't even confronted a military group. They'll, I mean, here in Florida, I tell you what, certain parts of Florida and Texas, holy shit. Anybody that tries to attack Texas, I feel bad for them. I really do. Because you're going to have a bunch of people whipping out their rifles and, and they will hold back whatever attack may come through their shore, um, and that's and and, and that's almost a, a something. It's, it's a preventative, you know. It, it, it's something that exists that anyone that may have some idea of of doing harm to this country has to deal with. It's a gigantic question mark, you know, that how many people are armed in that country. I mean, let's face it. If somebody wanted to attack Japan, they would just have to say, "Okay, what's the military count right now in Japan? or This many, and what's the police, uh, you know, uh, count in Japan? Uh, okay, you have, uh, you know, ten thousand police members, and how many uh, military, active military, and you could literally figure out, you know, uh, uh, somebody that's that's trained in in military, um, you know, type." reaction action reaction you know could basically figure out on on a desk how long it would take for them to take over a country like japan because they know that um that japan is not armed the citizens are not armed um so um that's that's something that we also have to consider when 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 everybody is out there saying hey let's get rid of guns let's get rid of guns let's get rid of guns." You know, you have to throw that out there. You know, you have to think about that. Hey, you may not want a gun, and that's okay. You know, we live in a free country. I say that all the time. We live in the United States of America, and, and uh, um, and you know, we're this is a free country. At least at, least at this point, we have a lot of freedoms, a, a jack amount of freedom. I mean, just a, a whole bunch of freedoms that we have that other countries in the world do not have. And... And, uh, you know, I, I have, there's a quote that, that, that I have in my phone that I, that I show to people all the time, that, and, and it was one of Hitler's quotes on Mein Kampf, which said that the easiest way to take rights, and I don't know the exact quote, I have to read it from my phone, but it, it goes to the fact that the easiest way to take rights away from a people is to take them away little by little because they don't notice that they're being taken away little by little and then by the time they figured it out they have lost all their rights and there's no turning back at that point so you know when and I spoke about this in the last podcast we were freedom of speech and and you know as we have to be very very careful with these things because um you know people laugh about you know gilead and 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 the show on hulu you know and 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 but you know something guys and 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 in in these countries like and everything that's going on in in venezuela and and in germany and and you know what what happened you know with 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 hitler and in cuba you know what you know what all those with the exception of germany germany was jacked up but you know what a lot of these countries have in common is that perfect Perfect example, Venezuela. Venezuela was one of the wealthiest countries in South America, one of the wealthiest countries that had a pretty decent democracy going on and, um, again, had gotten to a similar perspective like we are here. Like, well, they got to a point where, hey, the rich were very rich and, and there was no middle class and the poor were very poor. And then what happens is, you know, Chavez comes around and says, hey, you know— um, you know, I can do this for you, and I can put two chickens in every pot, and, and, and you know, your kids are going to be able to go to school, and everything's going to be all good. Well, of course, people fed into that, and then look at them now. You know, look at them now. They started losing their rights one by one, and then it went to crap. Cuba was the same thing. At one point, my father told me that the Cuban dollar was equal to one American dollar. So for those of you who don't know, that's called at par. And, and that means that that's how strong the Cuban government was, that their little penny any dollar was worth the same thing as, as an American dollar. Um, and look at them now, a country destroyed, destroyed by communism. You know, no freedom of the press, no freedom of speech, no freedom of anything. And, and what I'm saying with all this is that, you know, freedom of speech the Second Amendment, you know, freedom to bear arms; these these are all freedoms, things that were incorporated in the the Constitution, and we, you know, we can add to the Constitution. I have no problem with saying, "Hey, let's 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 we we need this protection right now." You know, we have this, but subtract. Hmm. Uh, now I gotta think twice about that. And you know, I deal with this with this gun conversation literally a few times a week because people know that I'm a gun advocate. Um, they know that I like shooting. I, uh, like I said, I've been shooting since I was ten years old. Um, and, um, and you know, it, it's it's. I I understand that it's if if I speak to someone. That lost a family member through a through a uh, an event that was involved a weapon. There, I know that the first thing they're going to say is gun laws should be should be tightened up. Gun laws and but but see as like I said, I I know that what I the lesson that I learned when I was ten years old it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, what I mentioned earlier about mentally ill people, the the now, one of the things I am, th- that I struggle with, is people come to me and they'll say, uh, well, Ernie, what about mentally ill people? You think mentally ill people should have guns? And I, and I mean, it's kind of like a stupid question, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, just give a mentally ill people, you know, an AR. Yeah, let them shoot whoever they want. Of course not. I mean, come, come on, of course not you know, a mentally ill person should have no firearm. They they shouldn't have anything that could be used as a weapon. They're mentally ill. Okay. But see, then you get, uh, so, so common sense, common sense would dictate that the definition of a mentally ill person would be, you know, maybe somebody who's incapacitated by mental illness or can't, uh, make decisions on their own or something like that. Again, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, so I can't really speak about any of that. But I would think, you know, common sense between all of us would, would probably, somebody would like that, right? But see, you know, with the government, you've got to be very, very careful because if that's a way, a potential way of limiting gun ownership because if um, if they feel, let's say they figure out that you have depression, that you're a depressed individual. Well, you're depressed. Should you be owning a, a firearm? Or you're an anxious individual. Anxiety. They could say, well, you know, anxiety is a mental illness. You're an anxious person. And since you're an anxious person, you may use this firearm incorrectly. Or you're a nervous person. Or you have ADD. Or any one of the other things that, you know, many of us Americans suffer with, especially anxiety. I mean, who doesn't suffer from anxiety in this world that we live in? And, they, and that's something that could, you know, that they could use to limit, you know, uh, 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 your gun ownership. They could say, well, in order for you to get a gun now, um, we're trying to keep guns out of people that are mentally ill. So in order for you to get a firearm now, you got to go to this doctor. Uh, well, this is one of our approved doctors. You don't have anything to worry about, Ernie. He's an approved doctor. And he's going to evaluate you to see, you know, if you're mentally fit to own a firearm. Well, you know where that's going. And, it, and, and again, the process, um, like Hitler said in Mein Kampf, is take away these rights little by little, whereas you don't really notice it. So so what happens to the family man, the guy that just wants to own, maybe just not, not a firearm buff like I am, but just a, hey, I just want to open, just want to own this shotgun to keep in my house to protect my family just in case, or a, or a pistol or something like along a revolver. You know, at that point, they're, they make the process so difficult that... um that the person just backs out of it like they do in, in Japan. That the, even someone who really does want to own now at that point, they're like, man, why do I want this hassle? So, you know, you have to fill out the form and then they'll make a law that, that, you know, you have to go to a, a, a spec, you know, one of our doctors, you know, to get, get mentally assessed to see if you're mentally ill. And, and then they, they, of course, they're going to make you go to like they did in Jersey to an interview to determine what your purpose of this weapon is for, you know. And then they give you a 30-day uh, thing and in in a time span to buy this weapon. So now you have to rush, unless you've done your your, your, your research before, you have to rush and buy this thing, you know, really quick. It, it, it's, it's just like the process. It, it, in New Jersey, and I know this for a fact, because my father got a carry uh, permit in New Jersey while I lived in New Jersey. And the, the process was ridiculous. As I mentioned earlier on, you know, in New Jersey at that time, in, the, in this was, again, in the 60s and 70s, and, and this is a true story, um, you, the, the process was simple as this. You, you had to do an application. That was the first thing. You had to submit the application. Then they would go and they, they would say, we're going to call you. you. Someone has to pick up the phone because that's the call to give you, to schedule you your appointment. If someone doesn't pick up the phone to get the appointment, then you have to start from zero again. Now, this is the sixties and seventies. We're talking about we're 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 talking about time when there's no uh, uh there's no voicemail, there's no answering machines, you know. So you had to have somebody. You had a you had to give the the, the number of some person. They do a stay-at-home mom. Or someone there that was going to be home during the day that was going to be able to pick up this phone call in the next two weeks after you made that application. All right. So in my father's case, you know, he got this guy, a friend of his that used to work at night. He used to stay home during the day. He got the call. He got the schedule. So, of course, I went with my father. I think I was maybe 15 when this happened. Okay. This They schedule the appointment. We have to go downtown Newark. Okay to the police station to do this. And they sit us in this little table. Something's typical like you would see in the movies, with the with the one lamp, you know, the hot lamp treatment. And, you know, we were on one side of the table and this this, you know, huge detective was on the other side of the table. And and what I'm gonna say is a little bit ugly, but is exactly verbatim what this police officer said to my father at that time. So I don't want to, again, I'm preparing everyone. So I don't want everybody, anyone to be offended. He asked, so he, he asked me if I was going to translate for my father. And I said, yes. So he said to me, what does your father want a gun for? Does he want to go out and shoot some niggers? That's, and I quote, that's exactly what he said to me. And I, and of course I, and again, I, I I warned anyone. I don't, don't want to offend anyone. But that's exactly what he said to me. And, you know, my father told me to explain. My father right away was offended because, you know, I, I, I translated it exactly how he said it. And my father, again, did not like that sort of thing. My father was not that type of guy. Um, you know, he was not at all racist and didn't believe any of that. And you know, and and he asked me. He just told me, "Tell this guy that I want the revolver to protect myself. I have a, a grocery store in a very bad area of town, and I want to just re- protect my business." Um, at that time, the detective was was a little bit. He really wasn't going to approve the the permit. He he didn't feel that my so my father told me to make him an offer. He said tell this detective that him and his partner can come down to my grocery store and I'll make them a Cuban sandwich on me. And if while they're at the grocery store, they don't feel that I need a gun to protect myself, they don't have to give me it, the permit. So the the, the detective took, took my dad's offer. He says, yeah, tell your dad I'll take his offer and I'll, I'll show up at his place tomorrow. Me and my, me and my partner are going to show up for two Cuban sandwiches. And I don't think that guy was there, because I, I I used to work with my dad at that time in the candy counter, and um, I don't think that guy was there 10 minutes, and he was signing the permit on my dad's counter. He was signing the permit. Again, it's the process. Now, my father went through the process, through the whole process, because he needed the, the protection. He felt him and his partner needed the protection, but how many other people would have just said, "You know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go through this crap. I'm just going to look. I tell you what. Cancel my application. I'll I, I'll just do without a gun, or I'll just do without any protection. You know, um, and that's and that's the reality. Um, you know, you know the the average person. I mean, most people." Here in Florida, where I live, it's common knowledge that, you know, I mean, we we see stuff all the time, but here in Florida, Florida's crazy, but it's common knowledge among residents of Florida that, hey, don't mess with that guy in the car and don't yell at him and don't start something because there is a 90% chance that that guy has a gun in his car and you know you, you you go around the neighborhood and you'll see all you know you'll see um you know all kinds of signs that says you know beware of owner <laughs> you know and I'll have this picture of some gun and 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 I can't help but thinking I mean we have crime here just like everywhere else but I can't help but thinking if you're a criminal and you know you're breaking into a house in Florida especially in the urban areas of Florida and some of the suburban areas of Florida. Holy crap. Those guys have arsenals. And I can't help but thinking that if you're going to break into someone's house in Florida, that has to be going through the mind of the person breaking into the house saying, Hey man, is this person armed? You know, am I going to get shot? I, I took a um, many many years ago I took a course on home self defense and um and the gentleman had uh, I always remember two things the gentleman had I mean he he went to a lot of this you know protecting your home with a pistol but one of the two things he he said he said that they interviewed um they interviewed all these burglars and home invaders and um they found out two things from them was uh, uh, was consistent. The, the two things were consistent: is a the home invader and or burglar do not like dogs. So they said that a dog barking is the number one deterrent for home invader and or burglar. They hear a dog, they just don't want to mess with it. So if you got a, if you got a dog in your house, you're you're already you know you're doing good. Um they're going to move on to the next house. The other thing is the most recognizable sound to a burglar or a home invader or someone that comes into a house is the rack of a shotgun. Now we all know that distinctive sound, you know, very distinctive, you know, and they, they would, they always would say if, if, if we heard that rack like if we broke into the house and we heard in the hallway someone racking a shotgun we'd leave um shotguns are devastating weapons they you know they're I mean they're they can inflict a lot of harm so of course they're not stupid <laughs> they're they're gonna move on they're gonna go down the street where the, oh yeah that's that's that person over there that doesn't own any guns um that's not a gun lover so again, you know, this, this is the type of stuff that I see here all the time. And, and as I said, I understand, I deal with this on, on a weekly basis. And I understand that everyone's going to have their spe- specific perspective on firearms. But what I'm trying to say here is, you know, we got to be careful, you know, um, you know, here in Florida we have a three-day waiting period. You know, some I didn't feel that was a bad thing. That was all right. The three-day waiting period for those of you who aren't aware it, the, the three-day waiting period was um, in in some in most states I think have a three-day waiting period, if not all. Um, it, it was that there there was a lot of cases where men we could, you know we and that's what it came from. Again, I don't know what the original thing, but they said originally it was because. Men would get mad at their wives or or whoever they got mad. Oh, I'm mad at you, Ernie, and 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 they would go to a local gun store, buy a gun, and then they would shoot the person they were mad at. So they call it a cooling off period. So the idea was, the idea was that, hey, you, we don't we want people to cool off before they buy a gun. We don't want people to be mad at their husbands to be mad at their wives or wives to be mad at their husbands. And they say, you know what, I'm going to go to a gun store and buy a gun and shoot my husband in the head. You know, they didn't want that. So what they did is they installed this cooling off period, which you now you have to wait three days before you acquire the the pistol here in, in, in Florida, at least in Florida. And that's okay. You know, something, it, you know, I mean, people bits and complain about it. And I, and I, Hey, you know, I'll raise my hand. I bits and complain too. Um, you know because again i i not because the law was bad i understood the the um the purpose of it but at the end of the day you know i understood to me it was a limitation and and so i was scared you know i was like well what's going to come after this are they going to say well you know uh we've recently found out that uh that there's more people getting killed with revolvers then then you know so let's put a let's put a 10-day waiting period on this and and so i i I was a little bit concerned that this would turn into some extensive government um thing to to just limit um limit access to firearms hey guys you know let me let me wake everybody up you hear in the news all the time about the government in in specific governments specific states and limiting access to elections you hear this all the time it, it, the government is into into that they just want to limit things they, 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 these there's powers that be that want certain things certain groups of people certain entities certain to be limited in different things whether it be social services whether it be you know, firearms whether it be voting it, it's going to happen if and if and if we do not do not protect ourselves against that then we're then we're basically at just as fault you we're at fault too you know, it, it 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 it's you know I I I tell people all the time if 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 somebody came to you every day and punched you in the face, you know would you? I mean, you might take the first punch in the face, but I mean, if he comes every day and oh, well, Ernie, you know what? Uh, from now on, you know, let's say it was your boss, and from now on, you 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 can't go to the bathroom anymore. Bam! Punched you in the face, and then you know, and then at what point? When when somebody's taking these rights away from you, at what point do you fight back? At what point do you say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna, I'm not gonna allow this anymore. I'm not gonna allow this disrespect. And and I think, um, and uh, and again, I've said in multiple multiple um, conversations and in this podcast, I've said that, you know, I, I'm I don't condone violence. I I don't. Uh, You know, I believe that, that, you know, we can make change in this country without going to violent things like like what happened in Washington. I don't think that was necessary, okay, but, you know, we can peacefully protest, we can vote, you know, we can go out there and make change, but if we just let things slide, okay, if we don't vote, if you don't call your congressman, if you don't call, speak to people, and you don't put this out there, whether it's whether it's freedom of speech, whether it's Second Amendment, whether, regardless of what it is. It's just going to be taken away from you. It's just going to be taken away from you. Um, you know, now with all these new laws coming up, I mean, the, this new particular law with firearms, I'm very, very scared of it. I really, really am. Um, I own several firearms, like I said. I come from a state— you know, I was born in a state where I know what strict gun ownership is all about, and um, I don't want I don't I don't want that. I I don't want that. I don't want that. And like I said, I don't want it for several reasons. Not just for selfishly for myself, but I don't want it from the fact that the point of view is that I want our world enemies that we may have out there, be the country that it may be, okay whether it could be anybody. I'm not going to name countries here, but we all knew who they are. I want them to know that, hey, we have a National Guard, we have an army, we have Marines, we have Navy, and on top of that, we have who knows how many people in the United States that are currently armed. And if they, if the National Guard, the military, the federal government needed help from, from, and wanted to establish a general militia against anyone that would try to take over this country, it could be done. People could, just like they did during the Revolutionary War. So, um, it's always, it's a big, like I said, it's a giant question mark for anyone that wants to come in this country and, and try to take over. Hey, we got to watch out for these Americans. They, they're all strapped. You know, um, I, I'll leave you with this. I, there was a liquor store in Newark, New Jersey. It was in a bad area of town. Um, and, th- and this is kind of, kind of sick and jacked up, but hey, it worked. So some of you may find it offensive, but I'm, I'm warning you. This guy, when you walk into this liquor store in New Jersey, he was in Newark. Um, he had this poster board on like a little tripod and it had Polaroid pictures, you know, those little Polaroid pictures that they used to have back in the day. I don't know if you guys are familiar. They, it was this little Polaroid was a camera. You could shoot pictures and the picture would come right out for, the, for some of my younger uh, listeners. And you could take a picture and a little picture would come right out and it develop in front of you. You could see you could have it right there. Again, this many years ago and he had this poster board full, like full and it said it said um criminals beware i think that's what it said on the top of the poster board and he had the pictures of all these people that he had sh- k- shot and or killed in that liquor store so th- the must when i i mean i'm thinking right now in my head th- there must have been about 15 on the on the poster board that, that i remember and I asked him about that at that time. I said, hey, man, this, does that thing work? And he says, ever since I put it up, I haven't had one person try to hold me up. Right? Kind of makes sense. You know, criminals going in and out of his liquor store trying to case the joint, and they see this poster board with like, hey, yo, that's Rodney. And oh, crap. And then, you know, that's... uh you know, that's Jack and, and oh, crap. Look, oh, damn. Look, he tried to hold him up too. Look, he shot him in the head. You know, people are going to think twice. Criminals are going to think twice. They're going to say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to move on to the next liquor store. They're not going to want to mess with that and, and 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 obviously they didn't, you know, because they knew that they had, if they were going to hold up that liquor store, they had a strong chance that they were going to be shot. In one way or another either killed or shot sent to the hospital something was going to happen to them and you know what um what's the easiest thing just move on to the to the liquor store that's not armed so what am i saying with this what i've been saying through this whole rant if we take away our second amendment if we start limiting our second amendment we're opening ourselves up to criminals to outside countries that may wanna hurt our country, that may wanna take over our country, and on top of that, to to a specific leader or leaders of groups that may wanna take over this country one way or another. It may not happen in my lifetime, it may not happen in your lifetime, but it could happen. And um, it's happened to several countries in the world. I think we're the only country that, that hasn't happened to. One of the few. Um, so that's what I wanted everybody to think about. Um, as always, as always, thank you very much for listening to my rant. Um, this has been the cool Ernie podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions on the cool Ernie podcast, please feel free to email me at cool at gmail.com. Thank you very, very much. Right from the beginning, I told everybody, thank you very much for the 465 downloads of of this podcast. I'm um, as soon as I hit 500. I'm 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 gonna you know pop a bottle here. Um, it, thank you, thank you very much. You can listen to the Cool Learning Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, everybody, where wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm on everywhere. You can even tell your Alexa to listen to the Cool Learning Podcast. So, thank you, thank you, everybody. I'll catch you next time. See ya.